Hey, podcast listeners, this is Pastor Freddie T at Real Life Church. Hey, share this podcast with some friends, with some fellow Christians, with somebody that just moved to town that's looking for a church uh, because, man, God is doing a great work at Real Life. We're so glad you're a part of it. You're connected to it. Enjoy the podcast. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome to the podcast. Grant Lauda, Clam Chowda. What's going on? Good morning. You are, man. I, I'm so glad you're on the podcast because this means... I get to have a weekly catch up with you. Yeah. This is our one on one. No matter how busy you are, no matter how busy I am, here we are. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, I think a uh, little bit of sickness went through the house with kids, but other than that, we're we're hanging on there. Yeah, Pastor Tim and his yeah. wife Robin yeah. returned with COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I, it's I'm, back. Yeah, I'm I'm eager to see if it's just the nasal stuff that's coming back or the the lung stuff. Yeah. With with what happened with you, is that, are you pretty cognizant or are you kind of like? Well, you mean like, like am I like watching to see? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of in the back of my head, yeah. but I, I um, man, the one thing that I walked away with my time in the hospital and COVID pneumonia with is like, I am in the palm of the Lord's hand. Yeah. You know, like, like, like that, if that experience for some people, I guess, could make them feel like, like less, like that God is less in control. It just made me feel like He's more in control. Mm-hmm. So, I just know my days are numbered. You know, I mean, the Bible says all of my days have been ordained for me before one of them came to be. Mm-hmm. So, I that I mean, that's no license for us to live recklessly. You know. We should walk in wisdom mm-hmm. the Lord promises to give. Anyway, so, yeah, I think about it. Um, yes, I do. I, you know what's weird is is uh, we went to that conference a couple of weeks ago, yeah. several weeks back in Nashville, and oddly so, or maybe appropriately so, I get a little... I get a little claustrophobic. That many people it, yeah. in a confined yeah. and space. and I used to never. I mean, I used to never that blink at that. But it feels like, yeah, it feels like there's people everywhere and there's probably like 5% of these people are sick right now. Yeah. You know, like with something, mm-hmm. you know, and they, you know, they're carrying something, germs or whatever. Anyways. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. I think, yeah, all the COVID stuff, I think with Lauren and I, we definitely are more cognizant with our kids and like taking yeah. kids over to other kids' houses. Interesting. Yeah. That like that was the thing. thing kids, that, yes. Cause obviously, I mean, you have kids, sick right. kids is just, it's can like ruin a whole week of productivity and work. And so we're like very like, yeah. Rebecca has a runny nose. Yeah. We're, we're verbally warning the family yeah. we're going to. So it's, yeah. You know, all right. You want to hear a funny story? Yeah. <laughs> My parents are going to kill me for this. Um, I, uh, my, my mom shot a text over like on a family group chat, Mm. you know, this past week saying something about got the flu shot and gotten a COVID booster. And I I replied, (laughs) I replied something about the COVID booster being BS (laughs) on the family (laughs) chat. And it just, uh, you know, and, and, and they, you know, mom responded, you know, with a little passion about how she felt about it. And then dad responded, you know, and, and dad was like, you know, has a has a pulmonologist or any medical professional told you that it's not, you know, that you shouldn't take it or whatever. And and I said, well, my pulmonologist told me, when I told him how the first COVID booster impacted me, he said, well, had you told me, I would have told you not to take the second mm. one. Because when I took the first booster, it like my lung, it, it felt like I had like COVID all over again. It, like it, it was, it almost felt like worse than the first like bout. Anyways, um... And then I and then I went ahead and took the second one and yeah. he said, Yeah, I would have told you not to. So so but funny story on that, you know, dad's asking, has a medical professional told you not to, you know? Well, I had just gone to the doctor a couple of weeks ago for my hernia, for what I thought was a hernia. 
Mm. And the doctor felt around on me and he's like, yeah, I don't think you have a hernia, but we'll do an ultrasound just in case. Well, I did the ultrasound and I have a hernia, you know? So I was like, you know, I shot back on the family group text, you know, to my dad. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and then I, you know, I put the, like the greater than sign or something like that. And I was like, patient over doctor, you know, I, I can't mm-hmm. remember. You know, no, I said like patient, right. Doctor wrong or something like that. I'm in this text thread. I told my family how very grateful I am for all the medical professionals, yeah, doctors, nurses, the ones that cared for me, those that have labored through med school to serve our country. So I, you know, I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying, you know, yeah. but it's like, uh, you know, I mean the, the shots and the boosters that have been around about a minute, you know, I'd love yeah. for them to be around about three minutes before we, you know, send the masses to go and get it. Anyways, yeah. we could go down that road, yeah. but I think it's not the best podcast yeah. uh, material. Hey, you know, I was supposed to get, this is encouraging. Katie Shelby came up to me, uh, uh, coach Isaac Shelby's wife. Isaac Shelby is the Clark's five football coach okay. and they're real lifers. And uh, so she came up to me Friday uh, out as we were getting ready to watch Clarksville High play Dixon County. I was so nervous because we were five and zero. Oh, the football Clark Jack mm-hmm. and Elliot's football team was five and zero, oh, and we were about to play Dixon County. And everybody said that Dixon County was going to be one of the tough, tougher teams. And um, I was so nervous, but we smashed them. Mm, I mean, we go. dominated them again. Anyways, so I guess we're not going to see some real competition until we get into you know. Substate or what? I don't know, whatever. Um, but Katie came up to me and she said, did you get a Bible today? And I was like, what? And uh, she said, did you get a Bible today? And she was listening to the podcast. And she knew I was heading oh, up to yeah. Belmont to meet with Tim Wildsmith to look at his Bibles, right? And I was like, no. And I actually I actually met, ended up messaging Tim and saying, hey, man, I don't think I'm going to be able to come up today. It was, it was kind of one of those deals where I, I, I do a terrible job planning my day off. Mm. And so if I don't plan things on my day off, I end up working on my day off, you know? So yeah. I've got to plan some things, right? So I had a couple things planned in the morning, and then I was going up there at 2 to look at his Bibles. If you don't know what I'm talking about, see former podcast, yeah. see previous podcast. And um, anyways, it just felt like a chore to drive to Nashville and back on my day off after filling up the morning. So I opted not to. Meet him. Mm-hmm. It was he texted back and he's like, dude, I'm so glad you texted. I'm wall to wall, you know, it was kind of yeah. one of those great things. But but he doesn't sell Bibles, he just collects them. Okay. So he's gonna show me some examples of things that I could then go and okay. Then go and buy. So you're not holding that. Right. But I was fired up that Katie, you know, like I think that was late in the podcast. She made it yeah. She made it all the way to the end. Retention. So, That's podcast good. listeners, we appreciate you. I told you we got one of our one of the assistant football coaches at Clarksville High is currently deployed. Mm. And um he texted me and was laughing about uh Clam Chowder. Nice. The the Clam Chowder nickname. Yeah. I which think I, Lauren's getting it too. Is she? Yeah. She likes the nickname? Yeah. And are you she, serious? Yeah, Your wife? She was at uh Bible study. Oh, people at are telling Bible her. study because it's in the the lot what do you all call it? The lodge, the den? Let's see. Let's Where the see. old podcast was Jonathan oh. Vincent's. Oh, they're doing yeah. they're doing her community group in the yeah. lounge. So nice. they were there. She was like, "Yeah, uh, him and Pastor <laughs> Tim were like just cutting it up before we started." And as soon as she walked in, she was like, "Lauren Louder," or he was like, "Lauren Louder, clam chowder." <laughs> yeah. So yeah. she's she's getting the nickname too. So nice, love it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard that in a long time, so it's like br- brings back memories because people used to yeah call us that. And, it sounds right saying clam chowder. With like a little, yeah. yeah. What uh, what's what's on the docket for you guys this week? Let's see here. Um, what are you and the family doing? Just work. I know. I, I know. Last, I think it was last episode mentioned the New York trip, so we're kind of just gearing up for that. Um, our anniversary is this Thursday, four years. Come so, on, um, look at you guys, wedding expert, oh, marriage experts. Four years, yeah. <laughs> it's like high school, right? Yeah. Um, so I think we're just doing something pretty, not getting too crazy. I think we'll probably just have grandparents come over, watch the kids. We'll go um, downtown Clarksville, maybe nice. Beach Haven. We haven't been to Beach Haven yet, yeah, that yeah, winery. Yeah, we yeah, haven't yeah, been there, so might do something like that. Yeah, cool. I um, Grant, today, September 26th. Yes. 1981, and every year after is Susan Beth. Wyatt's birthday. 
Today is her birthday. Today is her birthday. Well, happy birthday. Well, I'm going to sing her happy birthday. Since I sang oh, in the sermon, my, my I, oldest we, son, Jack. We've been meaning to talk about that. Bring we can up. get to that. <laughs> my oldest son, Jack, in the middle of, yeah, in the DJ Daniel Cox is holding his ears over there. He's grimacing because he knows what's coming. My oldest son, Jack, in the middle of me singing the cheer song on Just Sunday. Left. He, he texted Susan. And he said, what is going on right now? <laughs> I think everyone, I, you said, you said people under 25. And I was like, yeah, people under 50 or Pe- 60 probably don't know. Don't know the what, cheers. I've never so, seen cheers. I've heard of it, but I'm you, like, did that's that pro- theme song at all. So were you surprised no. when people sang back? I wasn't. I mean, it because wasn't like a mighty roar, but it was collective. I started looking around at who was singing yes. back and I was like, okay, this is probably like a show my dad watched. You know, what's wild and I'm not exactly sure where this ca- we've got a we got a couple little younger than Susan and me I would guess in our community group and they've got a high school son and they said he knew the song but I think it was like from a commercial or something maybe yeah like the Ochoas knew it yeah and they're not much I mean they're maybe like a handful of years older sure. than Lauren and I but they watch reruns so it just yeah. I guess it depends to my beloved <laughs> to my beautiful bride to the to the wife of my youth. You know, her maiden name is Alfonso. Isn't that a cool maiden wow. name? Yeah. Wyatt to Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Be my background vocals, Grant Louder, Clem Chowder. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, dear, dear Susan. Susan. Yes. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. I bet we were the first to sing happy birthday to her today. That's great. Yeah. I, normally, I would have Honored. sung before we got out of the house, but my vocals were still scratchy yeah. from Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you're playing in this New York trip. Have you guys found your hotel yet? Yeah, it's the Alto, I think is what it's A-L-T-O? called. A-L-T-O? Yeah. Where is it? Do you know the cross streets? Not the cross streets. I just know it's Midtown Manhattan. Okay. All right. Kind of smack dab down in there. Yep. And did you did you go through a, an app? I don't think so. My Lauren did most of the booking. I kind of just did some research. So I don't think she went through any sort of app. She might've, again, she works with ordinary hero, her agency or not her agency. Um, the nonprofit she works for. So they have a trip coordinator who's like well-versed. So they'll kind of sometimes ping her for any advice on booking. But I think she she recommend that hotel. No, I don't know. I don't, you don't know I, how you got that hotel. Yeah, there. I think yeah. we were just looking Google, so maybe it was through. Mm-hmm. Have you heard bed bug horror stories about New York? Um, I've heard bed bug, <laughs> cockroach, which <laughs> yeah. Lauren, like, you can't even say the word cockroach Are you serious? around her. Yeah, it's she is deathly afraid. We, when we lived there, people would get bed bugs yeah. in their apartment, and like, what you have to do to like clean your apartment for bed bugs, it's it's crazy insane. What do you just like? Well, there's some special like spray that they have to come mm. in and bring in, but it's like a couple thousand dollars and you know, you gotta, you know, everything's gotta be washed in this weird kind of like every, you gotta take everything out. Yeah. You know, it, it almost ruins everything you've got, but we never got bed bugs, but we knew people that did. Well, I hope the Alto doesn't have, I know bugs. I'm just kind of kidding with you, but uh, have you ever stayed at a hostel? No. I've Do you never know done. what a hostel is? It's I just think of like Europe trips, super totally. cheap. Yeah, like yeah. You end up like, it's like a bunk room, you know, yeah. with everybody shares the same bathroom. Yeah. Those are all over New York though. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah no. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we're not doing a hostel for yeah, a yeah, yeah. couple's getaway. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be on the podcast with you, man. What you got this, this morning? What do you got for us? Brain dump. I love it. Yes. Uh, two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. I like it. Back with I, the brain dump. Yeah, you didn't see it, Daniel Cox? He did, he did. He did. I don't know what he's doing over there. but I love... I, you, you know, don't you love hearing Daniel pray? Yes. You've you've now entered into the podcast where it's like... It's, it's kind of my favorite part of the week when Daniel... Like, with one sentence, I feel like he ushers me to the throne of grace. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I'm Isaiah 6. I'm just before yes. the throne. Just Thank you, DJ Daniel. Yeah. What you got, Grant? Louder, Clint. Two more baptisms this past weekend. A father and son. How does that just, does that just like a father and son getting baptized? Is that just the most joyful thing to It's pretty special. This one was the best because Walker Eifert, well, so the story with Graham, his son, two high schoolers got baptized the the previous week, which that was awesome. And then Graham came up to me and he's like, I want to be baptized. And um, and, uh, Graham's seven years old. So on the spot, 
I said, well, hey, can you know, can you kind of in your own words tell me what what is the gospel? You know, and mm. and and Graham like gives me a really clear explanation of the gospel. It was awesome. Love Most it. kids that age freeze, you know, you know, or in I Grant, I know in my experience, many adults who are truly born again, who've been truly converted, they're genuine followers of Jesus, um, just aren't able to articulate yet mm. what God has done to save them and aren't able to articulate the gospel yet. Um, they've placed their faith in Jesus. They've repented of their sins, but they don't have language yet, right? So it's it's wonderful when you're talking to a seven-year-old who has the gospel in lockdown, right? So, um, but just regurgitating the gospel mm-hmm. is not what we're looking for for somebody to be baptized. We want to see fruit, right? We yeah. want to see fruit under repentance. So uh, his mom was standing there, so I looked to his mom, and I said, have you seen fruit, you know, in his life? And she's like, yes, you know, and... Um, you know, and it's like mom taking in this moment. She's like, oh my mm. gosh, you know, and she's like, but I don't, I don't know where his dad is. You know, he's working security and I'm like, eh, no problem, no problem. You know, and, and with the seven year old, like in a spontaneous moment, I thought, no, this is great. Let you guys chew on this as a family mm. and make sure you guys are you know ready for this. Well, Walker either texted me or caught me on Sunday morning or something and said, Hey, I want to, could, could we meet this week? to talk about Graham. I just have some concerns, have some questions. I said, absolutely. And so I texted him. I said, Hey, no pressure at all. You know, I said, you guys, as parents, you, you've got a better read than anybody as to whether or not he's been born again. Mm-hmm. You know, you live with him and you, you talk with him daily. And, and, um, so, so, so Walker and I ended up meeting over here at the study and, uh, beginning to talk about Grant and I mean, beginning to talk about Graham mm-hmm. Uh, and we looked at some different texts of Scripture. We looked at the text of Scripture where Jesus says, "Do let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. Mm-hmm. And he's not speaking specifically about baptism in that text, but there's a principle there that I think is important. Yeah. Ethiopian eunuch, too, like who who will withhold water for baptism. That's right. Immediately after. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So as parents, you want to be cautious, right? And you don't want, you know, you don't want your kids someday going, why'd you let me get baptized? You know, I didn't mm-hmm. know what I was, you know. Um, but I just, I just reassured Walker that, that God is big enough to sort all those things out. And my testimony, Grant, is one of when I was 10, I went through all the motions, walked yeah. the aisle, prayed a prayer, got dunked in water, but it, it was me going through religious motions. It wasn't God saving me mm. and calling me to profess my faith in baptism. And it wasn't until I was 12, I opened up my heart. So I, I got to share with Walker my story. Anyways, so I gave Walker this great little this great little journal on baptism here. It's like mm. a baptism diary that walks you through different texts of the gospel. And it's it's kind of that that perfect style where you're like writing responses in response to the scripture. Okay. You know, basically just a, a guide that leads you to interact with the scripture. And uh, so I told Walker, I said, Hey man, why don't you, why don't you take one of these, two of these, and you just kind of spend some time discipling your own son. Mm. And, um, well, he texts me like the next day and he's like, we already got through the first lesson and I'm definitely ready for Graham to be baptized, but I need to be baptized too. Love that. And I, well, I, and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even, I didn't even press Walker on. Hey, tell me about when you were yeah. baptized. You know, I, I got to hear a little bit of his testimony of when he came alive in Christ, but I didn't press him about had he been baptized. Well, so mm-hmm. he grew up in a Methodist church in where he was christened, sprinkled, slash baptized as a baby. Um, well, that wasn't a public profession of his faith, and that wasn't you know, the, the baptism model we see in the New Testament, perhaps a very meaningful expression for his family. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, as he interacted with the Scripture in discipling his son and prepping his son, the Holy Spirit convicted him, Walker, you need to be baptized mm-hmm. too. So he said, hey, I want you to baptize me, Pastor, and then if it's okay, I'd like to baptize my son. And I'm like, hallelujah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty fired up. So then I, so I messaged him. I said, well, has Emily, your wife been baptized? And, and he's like, she hasn't, but she wants to. And we think we're going to fly her sister up to, you know, I, I think her sister has been a real spiritual impact, you know, in her life. And so at some point in time, Emily will be baptized. And, wow. Yeah. The whole family right there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. On, the, on that note, on that note, up until, up until Sunday, 
we've only had um, one dude, maybe with his son helping, setting up the baptism yeah. every Sunday. Seems morning. like a process. I mean, it's you know, it's a big thing. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple and straightforward in terms of filling it up with water and putting the heater in there, plugging it in. So it's not complex. It's just involved, you know, yeah. and um, and so. Anyways, in in a conversation with Mason Heggy, who set all that up, um, I said, "Man, we need to get you. We need to get you some help." So I reached out to Mark Pa mm. and uh, Mitchell. No, let's so go. Two college students that you're investing in, yes, right? And said, "Hey guys, I've got this opportunity. Would you be willing to show up early and shadow?" What both of them were like, "Yes, love it, yeah, man." So, um, uh, so if you're interested, if you're a podcast listener and you're listening to this, and you don't have anywhere to serve. In real life. First, consider serving in real life kids. That is the biggest area we need faithful volunteers right now. Um, but if that's not your jam, consider serving in uh, setting up the baptism. And when do we do that? We do that when people are ready to be baptized. So sometimes mm-hmm. it comes like two, three weeks at a time. And sometimes it's like, now we haven't had one for a month and a half. Yeah. Um, but because it comes sometimes two, three weeks at a time, we need more people to kind of share that load. And Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, man. Love to, if you had anything to share, just, I know sometimes, you know, I don't know for anyone hosting maybe community groups specifically with real life, but maybe like facilitating and hosting um, can be draining or maybe discouraging at times if maybe some people don't show up. But you said hearing great reports from community groups, didn't know if there's any anything to share, just to kind of encourage encourage the 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 facilitators, the hosters, just people involved in community groups. That's a good word, man. Community yeah. groups have launched. You know, I since we started the church grant, I've been blown away with the percentage of our groups that make. And when I say mm-hmm. make, I mean like don't fizzle out and quit meeting. And we've had like like ninety nine percent of our groups. It, it seems like that we start like finish the year mm. together meeting. So that's just a testimony of the spirit of God, evidence of God's grace, people leaning in, committing to one another. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. You know, as a leader, you've got to call for commitment that first week out. And yep. I think our leaders are doing that. Pastor Tim's done a great job of training our facilitators. And I think that that's why our groups go so well. John Maxwell once said, everything rises and falls on leadership, mm. right? Everything rises and falls on leadership. So, You know, it's critical in those first early weeks that you're calling for commitment. Um, And you're giving people an out. You're actually saying, hey, if you don't think you can commit to this, it's okay. We just probably need you to, you know, maybe wait for a summer study or something like that, you know. Um, And when you you do that and you're not snarky about it, you're, you're really clarifying commitment is really what makes this thing work, right? Anyways, I'm just hearing great reports from folks. Um, uh, there was one. There was one young couple uh, uh, that had uh, one of the older couples in our church join their group, and they have a small group. They and um, and I messaged them just to check in on them, you know, because I thought, wow, that might not be what they were anticipating, and they were so fired up mm-hmm. about their first meetings. And um, I'm just, I'm just kind of hearing that all around, you know, and uh, mine and Susan's group, man, it's just like, we're truly, we're blown away with how people are opening up. And um, we've, in our community group, we've got, um, we, we, we've got a young woman who came to Christ at real life mm. and never stepped foot in a church before coming to real life. And she speaks so freely about her experience. It's like, oh my gosh, it just fires me up, you know. And we've got another couple who's really their experience at real life. They were they were formerly Catholic, so their experience at real life has really really opened them up mm. to some fresh things with the Lord. Um, yeah, man, I community groups are going. How's your, how's your going? How's yours? It's good. It's a little smaller, but um, you mentioned Mitchell, no Mark, Paul. Um, Ian was there last week. Ian Nussbaumer. So yeah. we're we're growing, and there's uh, a few few ladies who I know a lot of people were out of town recently, but um, it's just been a joy opening up, going through Romans eight, and just slicing and dicing it, chewing on it, asking yeah, all these crazy hard you know hard questions, and just 
um, getting everyone just to think on it. So it's been yeah, it's been great. Well, I love the principle that Jesus gives. He he who is faithful with little will mm-hmm. be entrusted with much. Um, so keep being faithful yeah. with those, you know. And I love those organic agricultural images that the scripture gives us of the kingdom of God is like a yeah, you know, it's like it's like leaven, you know. It's it's like like a seed that grows and. Um, I can't wait to so so podcast listeners. Grant is leading a college yes. young adult community group Sunday nights. Sunday nights, seven p.m. Yes. eighteen to twenty six. Doesn't matter if you're married, in college, out of college. Love it. Come Love hang out. It. And this is just the beginning. So we've yeah. got exciting things ahead. We're just kind of laying that foundational groundwork yep. right now. And thank you for investing, brother. Yeah, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Speaking of community, though. I'd love your thoughts because Lauren and I, my wife Lauren, consistently we're in a new development subdivision. So houses on top of each other. Yeah. You mentioned let's keep living and thinking like missionaries, getting to know our neighbors. Confident God has put us where we are, living where we are for a divine purpose. Give us some tips. Like what? How do you reach out to your neighbors? What is our? What are some just easy ways that we can just engage yeah. with our neighbors, especially twenty twenty three and definitely post COVID? Yeah, I'm my wife and I work from home, and like our cars sometimes never leave the driveway. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. How, how can we invest in our neighbors? Grant, I'm going to give people a little foretaste for the podcast next week. Okay, and if you remind me, I will bring a letter that one of our neighbors wrote us mm. while we were getting ready to plant the church. And she hand-delivered it to our doorstep. And the opening line said, it said, Dear people who live across the street. Uh, that just wrecked o- you. Opening line, you have made my life a living hell. <laughs> you, to, they delivered that to you yes. and Susan? Yes. So, meanwhile, Grant. Meanwhile, they didn't even know your name. This, she delivered and She did know her name. Okay. She did know her name. Okay. We, we were friends. We thought we were friends. Um. This was delivered on the night of our launch Sunday of Real Life, okay? And we had just spent six months training our core team on how to live and think like missionaries, how to love their neighbors well, right? So on the day we launched the church, we get a hand-delivered letter saying, opening line, and it was like all of a front page and a little bit of a back. I'll read the letter to you. Wow. All right, next podcast. Um pastoral transparency right here i like this oh it was well it's it's pretty crazy it's pretty so anyways uh i, I mean i'll tell you some things we, some t- things we do right mm-hmm. um uh i mean there there are there are so many no-brainer kinds of things you can do yeah so um we take we take cookies to anybody that moves in we introduce ourselves we welcome them warmly I think when we take cookies, we always include like an invite card to the church. You mm. know, we just lead with that, you know. Um, uh, taking walks and praying for your neighborhood while mm. you walk through the neighborhood. Asking God to help you see what he sees. Asking God to give you favor. Um, asking God to direct you to someone that is ready and is in need and needs a friend. And uh, Grant, when we, were, when, we were planting, when we were planting the church... Um, a guy sat down with me. This was this was before we launched, and a guy was like wanting to see what are you guys all about? What's your mm-hmm. church going to be all about? I'm I'm trying to see if I want to be a part of this. We sat down at Starbucks, and and he was the kind of guy that got the bigger the project was, the more fired up he got. Yeah. He like he like wanted to do a church wide project where the newspaper wrote us up, you know. And I remember telling him, I said, "Well, I think the greatest way we're going to be able to serve our community is by offering friendship." Mm. And he kind of cocked his head and thought, said, "Huh." I'm going to have to think about that. And, you know, I went on to explain to him, like, one of the the greatest needs in our community is loneliness and friendship. And in this world where we think we're radically connected through social media and through our phones, we're actually radically disconnected. Um, You know, 60 years ago, everybody sat out on their front porch and talked to their neighbors, and now everybody builds a fence in their backyard and goes out back and, blocks mm-hmm. themselves from their neighbors, right? The second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And I think when you study that text, Jesus isn't necessarily talking about the guy that lives next door, 
but he's talking about the people that you see on a regular basis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what better place to start than the guy next door, right? So um, so anyways, uh, this guy that I was telling this to, you know, he wasn't convinced. You know, he wasn't convinced that it just, it was a different way of thinking for mm-hmm. him. Two weeks later, Grant, two weeks later, his 19-year-old next-door neighbor committed suicide. Wow. And he didn't know his name. He didn't know his name. And so we've, our, our culture has reached this like pinnacle of like busyness, like oversaturation, overcommitted to where we've lost the, the art of neighboring. We've lost the ability to know our neighbors, much less love them well, right? So when we were planting the church, I said, our dream is that the people of our church would know their neighbors' fears, hopes, and dreams. Mm. Well, that takes time. That takes, hey, come on over to the you know backyard and grill with us. Come on over into our the living room, right? And we're all limited, right? If you got a hundred neighbors, you can't do that with a hundred, yeah. right? So what do we do with that? Well, you look for receptivity. Um, and so this is this was so so as folks read the brain dump and they're like, okay, I need to live like a missionary in my neighborhood. I got a big neighborhood. It's like what you just said. I got houses on houses yeah. on houses. Where do I start? Um, well, write down the name of every neighbor you know. Sketch out a map of your neighborhood. And put a question mark on the houses where you don't know the people there. And, and then if you know 10 of your neighbors, if you know 10 of them, then ask the Lord, Lord, show us who's most receptive, either spiritually to you or relationally to us. Well, where do we get this? I, don't, I mean, I don't just pull this out of the air, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is where Jesus sends out his disciples. And he says, you, you go to this town. If they welcome you in, you go and you stay a while, Right. So Jesus is saying, you look for receptivity. And where there's receptivity, stay. Mm. Stay. Camp out there. And what what does Jesus say? Well, if they don't welcome you in, he says, dust off the the dust from your feet. Well, that sounds kind of cold-hearted, you know? But Jesus was the most compassionate human being ever to live, right? So Jesus just knew the urgency of his own mission. And so he knew there's going to be people receptive. So don't waste your time with the people that aren't, right? So, So... so Grant, I coach people to look for spiritual receptivity. So people that are open to you praying for them, people that have questions about the Bible, mm-hmm. people that, you know, when you ask, invite them to church, they don't immediately shut it down. There, there's some sort of warmth and openness to it or relational receptivity. And relational receptivity are those people that just think you're awesome and they just keep coming. They want to hang out with you and they may even be annoying. You might be like, this person is so annoying. They want to <laughs> hang out with me 24-7. You know, you've got to recognize that's God giving you favor with that person. So yeah. there's a stewardship there. You've got a steward, right? So, man, I, I mean, you just <laughs> you just hit the nerve. We didn't plan this. You just kind of brought the brain dump questions. Yeah. But um, you just hit the nerve of what burns deeply in me, mm. of living and thinking like a missionary. Um, I don't want to say we are missionaries because um, I feel like that undermines the sacrifice of those that go overseas and make great sacrifices to live in different cultures, learning different languages, eating different foods, and living in a very different way. Yeah. So we're not missionaries, but we want to live and think like those missionaries that make yeah. great sacrifices, that learn the... You know, so gosh, I mean, I think any podcast listener right now could grab a pen and just brainstorm and ask, say, Holy Spirit, give me 10 ideas on how I can get to know my neighbors, right? Yeah. I, I was pastoring a church in Scottsdale, Arizona. And in convictionally, this is this is what I believe the church needed to do, right? Recover, love, loving your neighbors yourself. So we had a we had a a campaign, we had an initiative that we called Get to Know Your Neighbor Summer. Mm. So like all summer, the goal of the church was to get to know their neighbor, right? Well, our worship pastor, who I love dearly, is a godly man, wise man, and a dear friend. He had lived next door to these people for, I think he had been in his house for 17 years. I think that they had been in their house for like 13 years. Next, like one house down, he didn't know him. Wow. So like, like here's, a, here's his house, here's another house, the house that's right down from that did not know their names. He'd been there 13 years, and he's a pastor of a church. Yeah. I, like, what do you think about that? I mean, it's it's... It's crazy. I mean, it makes not doesn't make sense, but it's understandable with just how we are. I mean, this past, I think it was yesterday, um, a neighbor 
came up, knocked on our door with, uh, it was like their little five-year-old uh, birthday party, and they were kind of just inviting, basically canvassing the neighborhood and inviting no people way. with kids, which was, I mean, my, my wife and two daughters went. Yeah, but it's just like holy cow! Like we yes. don't you don't see this too often of yes. someone just knocking to the door like, hey, we're hitting a pinata down the street. Do you want to come hit a pinata with us? And so um, they were yeah. be, they were being neighborly. Yeah, they were, and <laughs> they, it's like they were oh. being neighborly. Yeah, as neighbors ought to be. Yeah, and so it's that's, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, I like what you said of like maybe not we're all missionaries, but man, I've just been fired up of Second Corinthians and like we're all ministers of the yes, ministry of reconciliation absolutely and so you know, we're all heard, witnesses yeah we're all witnesses we're all, witnesses. We're all ambassadors for christ and yeah yeah like we're the aroma of christ yes. and so i'm like yeah man like i've heard this phrase which i feel like I, it didn't really hit me much when i heard it but now it is more so it's like assume the gospel lose the gospel so i'm like yeah oh i assume yeah, what do you mean by that i assume everyone around me oh they go to church i had a you know, an in-passing conversation. They go to this church, so cool. They are saved and just making disciples, they're and they're good. Church, they're good. But, I mean, I'm sure you know that's not the case. I mean, I went to church and didn't really know Christ, and people grow up in this cultural, you know, r- lazy river of Christianity being in the Bible Belt. It's like, yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't, in my opinion, as harsh as it sounds, that doesn't mean anything. We baptized a woman over 50 years old a I think couple it, of weeks ago. I think that's in Lauren's community group. Yes, she mentioned her. She grew up yeah. in a downtown church here in town, in that church for 25, 30 years. Yeah. And, and the gospel had never taken root. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's convicting and just like, ah, oh, man, I'm going to, you know. Well, Jesus himself said the harvest is plentiful. Yeah. Right? So... Yes, it can get overwhelming if we think it's our job to save the world. And no, it's not. But, but you know, I, there's a great principle. Do for one what you, what you wish you could do for all. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, but look for what God is all. He's always at work around us. Jesus said, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Yeah. You know, so you've got a neighbor who God has appointed for salvation. That when you share the gospel with them, something's going to fire Mm-hmm. And and um, what a privilege to get to be a part of this redemptive work, to be the messengers of Jesus. You know, the Apostle Paul in that text that you were talking about, um, saying that we're, we're the aroma of Christ. Mm-hmm. Later in that text, he said, who is sufficient for these things? No one. Right? So, so podcast listeners, if you're listening to this going, oh my gosh, I feel so inadequate. Well, so did the Apostle Paul, and so do I. And of course, it, that's, that's, you know, if we felt adequate... And you and you walked up to your neighbor with uber confidence, well then you would get the glory, mm. right? Because look at how awesome you are at doing God's work. But if you feel like utterly, you know, insufficient, you know, totally not equipped, if you feel like you're just going to mess it up, then that causes this humble dependence on the Lord. Mm. It creates space for the Lord to show Himself to be strong. And therein he receives the glory, right? I love that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So hold me to it. Ask me next podcast. Lauren and I, our our step is just like, just invite someone over for dinner. We've done it with a few neighbors so far, but we've kind of taken a, maybe a sinful hiatus of just comfort <laughs> sure. and laziness. So sure. Sure. we're going to invite a neighbor. Let over me tap on that just, just for a couple yeah. more minutes. Um, you know, as we think about uh, loving your neighbors yourself, and as you think about like living and thinking like a missionary, so somebody somebody's listening and they're like, "I live on a farm, mm. I don't have neighbors." So, it, so as we were preparing to, to 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 launch the church, we had everybody sketch out what we called their mission map. Um, you could call it their personal network. Anyways, in in on one single sheet of paper, we had them sketch out their neighborhood. We had them sketch out their workplace, and we had them sketch out what we called the third place. Now we didn't coin the phrase. We didn't coin the phrase uh, third place. That's just a clock. He's just helping us know what time it is. Um, we didn't coin the phrase third place, um, but uh, Starbucks actually did. Mm. And a third place is where, when you're not at work, you're not at home. It's the place you go over and over again, where you see the same people over and over again. Yeah. So people may be hearing this, and what I don't want people to hear is that a definitive 
that what God is doing around you is leading you to connect with your next door neighbor. Mm. Now, that's a good place to start, and that may be what God is doing, but it may be that God has given you favor and receptivity with a couple of people from the gym. It may be that your neighbor's like totally shut down. They're recluse. They're not, you know, it may be that I, they rent out their house as an Airbnb. I don't know. You know, like that's yeah. probably unlikely in most neighborhoods in Clarksville. But um, I get the, princi- the principle is where you are regularly in your neighborhood, at work, or at the gym, or at the coffee shop, or at the bank, somewhere where you're seeing the same people over and over and over again, mm-hmm. at the soccer at the soccer field with your kids, right? For me, the Little League has been my third place for years. Um, look, look in that whole, you know, if you sketch out those maps, write down those names, and then if you got 30 names that include work, neighborhood, and third place, then boil that down to three people. Okay, of these 30 who are the three that are showing the most receptivity? And it may not be your neighbor. It might be, but it may not be. And then invest in them. Love them. Um, and keep doing it. And what I told our what I told our, our core team is, man, if you do that with somebody for six months, you just intentionally love them over and over again. Somebody's going to be sitting across the table over coffee with you going, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Like my family doesn't even care for me like this. Why are you doing this? And, and then you're prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within. You know, yeah. well, well, listen, it's because God pursued me in his love. And even when I was not interested, he just was unrelenting in pursuing me. Um, so there's, there's a little, little more context for that. you. But I will ask you, brother. I'm so fired yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. We're excited. Yeah. How are you doing on time? Well, why don't Keep we come back and talk about the sermon? Let's do it. Yeah, man. Colossians 1, 3 through 8. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. We are back. You know what I love about the, the podcast is we have a real-time fact checker here, Greg. Oh, yeah. DJ Daniel Cox in the break, he just said, uh, hey, you think you're staying at the uh, Alto, but it's the Arlo. Shows you how much I know about this <laughs> upcoming trip. I'm just looking at restaurants to eat and pig out. Lauren did go. all the logistical stuff. So there what? it's go. Arlo. That's where we're staying. So we're staying at the Arlo. Yeah. That's yeah. where we're staying. Have you found any restaurants you're going to eat at yet? Um, other than the one I mentioned with the, sh- the schmear. That's oh, yeah. Yeah. Essa bagel. Yeah. Essa yeah, yeah, bagel. That's really the only, only one. All right. We'll talk. We'll yeah. talk. All right, man. Well, let's, let's chat about the sermon. What, Grant, what struck you most from the sermon on Sunday? I love the question that you opened with. Um, oh yeah! Did you come to give or receive from God? What what went through your mind when I asked that question? Honestly, initially I was like both. Nice. I come to do both. Nice. Um, but it's always to, it's always for me like it's just nice to sit and think deeper as to what each of those mean. Yeah. And like I'm coming to receive. I'm coming to sit in this chair. As you mentioned in the brain dump, like I've been a divinely appointed to live where I live. To di- this is the day that the Lord has made. So the Sunday yes. that I make it to church and I sit my butt on the chair, come on, and you, God gives His church a word through you. I am like, that's how I have to like mentally prepare. Of like, this isn't just Freddie T which we can we kind of already talked about the song. This isn't just Freddie T American Idol. Right. Up on stage. Right. Um, this is God. We God wants me to take something away from Romans 8. Uh, what were we in this past week? 9 through 11. 
And so that's how just thinking through that, which is always just sobering. And so um, that's where I really try to have that reverence and, you know, phone on silent and just not even yeah. looking at it and just like, yeah. this is what God yeah. wants me to receive today. And then, you know, serving, you know, you mentioned Mark Paul Mitchell, no, just ways that I can yeah. leading a community group, just ways I can not re- just receive this word again, second, I'm in second Corinthians. So God talks about in second Corinthians one, the comfort that we received from God, we are to give that same comfort to Love. others. So it's one it's of my this, favorite verses in all the scripture. Man. Yeah. And Jesus, that's what Jesus says in John twenty twenty one. as, as the father has sent me, yes. so I am sending you. Yes. So yes. not just this kind of sponge that we receive, but to also go and serve. So oh, that's a good word, man. It was good to yeah. think on that and just kind of, yeah, just, we receive to give. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Lord, it's not the Lord's plan that we would just receive. Yeah. It's, it's in the receiving that we become a, a conduit mm-hmm. of his grace, a conduit of his love. We receive the healing. We extend it. That's yeah. a good word. Yeah. yeah. I, so that, that was just always fun. And, um, what else are you chewing on? What else, what else you, you felt like was profitable or worth tapping on double tapping on? I liked, um, Verse 9, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. You mentioned just Paul's confidence, and I think Paul kind of reiterates a lot of that just baseline, like, encouragement, especially to the Corinthians and to the Romans, of just, like, you have the spirit of God. If, in fact, the spirit of God, like, you have the spirit of God dwelling within you. But it's interesting. I, I wanted to ask this question because... This past week, I was able to meet with someone at a coffee shop and share the gospel with them. In his words, he says, I don't know if I'm at a place where I can 100% trust in Jesus. So that 100% trust is where we get the Spirit. Like, I have the Spirit of God. I have 100% trusted with my whole heart that Jesus Christ came, died for me, that I am a wretched sinner by default and... His grace has poured over me, and now I'm a new creation because of Christ's work. How do you trust 100%? Like, how do you, what does that look like? And so I'm thinking that because I'm like, I want to follow up with this guy. He's, God's been drawing him since the day he was born to that coffee. And like, he's, he's like, this is, he's like, I appreciate you showing me this. He's like, I know God is kind of drawing me in this direction. Yes. I just don't know if I can trust a hundred percent. So your thoughts, what, what, what does that look like? Or yeah. One of the things that I'm growing and learning in and loving in, in the book of Jonah, the book of Jonah says salvation belongs Mm. to the Lord. Right. So salvation is the work of God and, and we participate in being his messengers, but, but we don't, I mean, we don't facilitate salvation. Yeah. It is the work of God. And one of the things that I'm seeing is that is the way God uniquely made human beings and the way people respond to the call of the Spirit on their heart looks so different. Mm. It, it looks so different for everybody through their personalities, the way they think, the way they process, um, the way they, in their spirit, come to trust the Lord. It, it looks different. For all kinds of people. And one of the things that I love are the tensions that exist um, where we want everything to be super black and white, everything to be super buttoned up. Um, We, you know, we, we just, we want things to be exacting and precise, but when you're dealing with a spiritual endeavor of the living God who who awakens people out of their spiritual death and out of their spiritual slumber, it's going to look differently. And you're going to have to, every one of us are going to have to get comfortable leaving people with the Holy spirit mm-hmm. and, and trusting that there's going to be some tensions there. That being said, um, I think we said this last week. One of the things I love most about Jesus Christ is that he knew what the need in the moment was. He knew what the need in the moment was. And so, so I think one of the, the, the goals is, is, is if I'm at the coffee shop with this guy, mm-hmm. then I'm praying, Father, give me discernment by your Holy Spirit. 
help me to discern where is this individual? Because, and what I mean by that is, someone could be saying, I can't trust him 100%. Mm. And he might need you to say, look, it's not the size, it's not the purity, it's not the perfection of your faith mm. that saves you. Jesus saves you, and, and if you have if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and you open up to that mm. scripture text and just say, look, look, you don't have to have big, massive, impressive faith to become a follower of Jesus. Do you have faith? You, you got... You got 90% faith? Mm. Put that 90% faith in Jesus and he will save you, right? Mm. So so I think I so I think there's someone may be wrestling and they may have faith, but they may not understand yet the nature of the faith in their own heart. Yeah. And so what you might have to do is just kind of hold their hand spiritually and walk with them and help them to understand you're you're already alive spiritually. Like God's already done this work. Like let me let me walk with you in these early days to help you see. Like, like God's already birthing you into new life here. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. In 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 other words, in other words, to say, I can't one hundred percent trust Jesus, may be a statement that I trust Him a little bit. Yeah. It may be a statement that I have a little bit of faith in Jesus. Um. And and if so, if it's a if it's a repentance, if it's a faith that has led him to turn from his life, but he just has unanswered questions. Yeah. Right. In other words, faith in Jesus doesn't mean that all of your objections and all of your hard questions have been answered. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Tim Keller used to talk about um, if he was if he was dialoguing with someone, his burden was that they understood the gospel. Not necessarily that they believed that the Bible was true. Mm-hmm. That sounds weird, but he but he was ministering in this hyper secular environment in New York City, where a lot of people had a lot they had a lot of uh, speculation about the truthfulness of the Bible. So Keller would say, "Look, your goal, your first goal, is not to get them to believe that the Bible's true. Your first goal is to get them to believe the gospel is true." Yeah. And the Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe, right? So so what do they believe about the gospel? They may have numerous objections and unanswered questions. They may not, you know, they they may love Jesus, but not yet believe that the Bible's true. Well, if they love Jesus long enough, they will eventually believe the Bible's true because Jesus prayed to the Father, Lord, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is Mm -hmm. truth, Right? Um, but it almost sounds like this guy, I didn't have the conversation with him, so I wasn't there. That's why you've got to pray for discernment, yeah. right? But it, but it almost sounds like this guy understands the gospel. He understands what Jesus is calling him to. He understand, he might have an understanding of what it would require of him. Mm-hmm. And perhaps he's not yet willing to say yes to Jesus in that way. Yeah. So, so it, so so it, it so it may be for him that like if you you know if if you had a if you had a scale here uh zero and to the right of the scale you had 10 20 30 40 50 60, and to the left of the scale you had negative 10 negative 20 negative 30 right it may be that this guy has walked from negative 100 mm-hmm. all the way to negative 1 right up to the brink of I'm like I've taken a lot of steps toward faith in Jesus, mm-hmm. but I've not yet crossed over. Yeah. Um, and so for someone like that, identifying what their chief objections to trusting in Christ are is good. Um, I, a question that I like to ask people uh, after sharing the gospel with them is, is there any good reason right now why you cannot receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, trust and follow him? Um, you know, or what's preventing you from committing to Jesus? A lot of times people don't know. So leave them with that question and then leave them with the spirit of God. Yeah. So just say, brother, I, I want you next time we meet, I want you to write out in writing what's preventing you from committing to Jesus, mm-hmm. from trusting in him. Um, 
as you hear all that, Grant, what's coming up for you? Any of that resonate at all? No, yeah, that's great. I, we, as you were mentioning, kind of the scale, the negative scale, positive scale. <clears throat> I think of the rich young ruler who I've done all these things, and it's almost like maybe he got to the the negative one and approaches Jesus, and Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, you you have, which is crazy. Jesus is like, yeah, you have basically done everything right. <laughs> yeah. But sell all of your belongings and come follow me. And he's yes. like, that's the, yes. so that's where I'm kind of like discerning yes. with this of like, there's just yep. that maybe I've done some, th- yeah. So that's what I thought of. But I also thought, I think earlier when we were talking about this of how it looks different for every person, but you mentioning uh, in the service on, on Sunday, verse nine, talking about belonging. Yeah which that's what I've discerned most when I talk to people and what you mentioned of just, you know, both Lauren and my stories involves the fraternity and the sorority. Like we're just, we're just trying to belong. And so that's, which is just cool to see God ordain this, this relationship to where it was, you know, college soccer, but it just didn't, nothing ever kind of worked out. And there's just this sense of belonging. And so, yeah. Um, realizing that the only true belonging you will ever experience and receive is by faith in Jesus and becoming a son and daughter of of God, because that is imperishable. My soccer career, my baseball career, my YouTube channel, my whatever it will 50 years. No one's probably going to remember it. I will remember your, your, your YouTube channel into eternity, (laughs) into eternity. Check it out. Check it out. It is uh, at, the better word, that's right, right? At the better word, yeah. Better word it. HD, HD. That's right. At yeah. The word HD. High def. That's right. High def. High def. Hey, I love where you went with the rich young ruler mm. because that text, Jesus is exposing what was preventing him, mm-hmm. right? And and what was preventing him was his idolatry to his wealth. Yeah. Right. I, I had a guy challenge me. Uh, just a year or two before I went to seminary about like the nature of the gospel and how we invite people to trust Christ and how's a man saved. And, and it, so it caused me in my very first paper in seminary to write a paper titled, what is repentance unto salvation? Mm. And I was trying to, I was, I was trying to answer the question, what must a man repent of in order to be saved? Jesus said, unless you repent, you likewise will perish. So what is it that we must repent of? In order to be saved, and and I believe in that uh, in that paper, I argued that we must repent from whatever the Lord of our life was. Mm. Um, so that chief idolatry, and so for most of us, it's ourself, right? It's 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 self idolatry in some way, right? We must repent of being the Lord of our life. So that's where in Romans ten, where where when 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 Paul said, um, "If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved." Mm. Well, that's well, essentially what Paul's saying is you've got to repent. And you have to confess Jesus is Lord. So you have to repent of whatever's the Lord of your life, you know. So this brother, you know, maybe he's on a, uh, I assume it was a brother in Christ, yeah. or a, a brother, not a brother in Christ, a, a future brother in Christ. Yes. Uh, uh, amen, hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I believe, I believe. Yes. Future brother in Christ, uh, perhaps there's an obstacle of idolatry that the Spirit must expose and convict mm. and him be willing to part with trusting that or hoping in that or loving that more than Christ. And yeah. All right. Well, mm-hmm. shall we pray? Shall Let's, we, shall we, you got, you got one more burning question to cap off with? No burning sure? question. Yeah. No, yeah. no. All right, man. Um, well, it's been great to be on the podcast. Uh, being here. I hope I haven't downloaded too much, you know, uh, on us this morning, but give, give the folks some things to, to chew on. Um, you asked the, you asked the golden questions today. It's just got me going, man. It's like, it's funny because I was driving up here and I was like, man, I did no prep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I I was assuming, yeah, so I'm glad the, the Holy Spirit took over and just guided our conversation. Daniel put together a graphic uh, several months ago for the podcast that we use on social media, and it says uh, something like a, a real-life podcast unscripted yeah. know, or something like that. Um, well, hey, I want to pray. I want to pray for our listeners, but I want to pray for this, this, uh, this fellow you're sharing the gospel yeah. with. And, uh, you know, uh, one plants another waters, but God gives the growth. Amen. So you're planting this seed and we want to pray that God lets yes. it take root. So Amen. let's pray. Father, we pray in Jesus name and by your Holy spirit today, 
Thank you for these brothers. Thank you for these podcast listeners. Thank you for the harvest, the neighbors and the friends that we get to love and share your good news with. I pray for this particular uh, person that Grant's ministering to. Lord, would you cause him to see with spiritual sight his need for Jesus and the sufficiency of Jesus? Lord, help him to let go of whatever's preventing him from following you. Um, Lord, for the podcast listeners today, help us all live and think like missionaries. Uh, Where we work, where we live, where we play, um, give us the compassion of Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Grant, keep it real. Keep it Jesus. See you next time. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.